0: And that's the PG version of that previous sentiment because it could be more accurately entitled something closer to an R-rated horror film. It's really that whole process, selling and buying a house that, well, can stink. It can, however, be a good, though difficult, Process. And many of you know what I'm preaching about. It's a process that the choices now have been going through, if I'm honest here, for years. We go in these bits and spurts and we take on projects here and there inside the house and outside in the yard. I don't thought the moments come out also. In that moving process. Six members of the household became five upon Neil's graduation years ago. He moved out into an apartment in Chattanooga and now works down at Erlanger in an obstetrician's office. Likewise, Drew graduated this fall and now lives up in Burlington, Vermont, trying to break into their burgeoning art community there. But first, he's going to go 9-5 in their ordinary community there. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly and Preston have now moved out as they pursue their master's and bachelor's degree in different parts of the world and the country respectively. You know, it's exciting. It's also a bit numbing to look around a house become emptier and emptier as furniture and possessions are sold off. This past week, the house Echo <laughs> as the carpets are clean, though the place does look awesome. So if you want to buy a house, see me out for the Some of these projects go in the bits and the spurts that I was referring to. And one of them is keeping the yard constantly clean. I actually texted Father Bill last week with my all-too-honest and not-too-kind words about leaps <laughs> come down the droves, then get rained on, and then freeze overnight, and then, in the chaos of the next day, dry out and get blown all over the place. But it has to get done. The yard has to be clean. Also, moving furniture. God, I see so many nodding heads. This, this is exciting. You're with me on this. Okay. okay. Moving furniture. That whole process. Moving furniture where you just get so exhausted that by the end of the afternoon, you have to take a hot shower and then have muscle rub on your shoulders, on your neck, and other parts of your body that hurt. Then comes the floor, the cleaning of the baseboards, the corners, the cleaning out the cobwebs, And the walls cleaning the windows. And on and on and on. It goes from 16 years of living in that same house. While I'm being honest, the hardest part of the whole moving process so far has been the bins. Bin the bins. The bins. B-I-N-S, the vents. You know those plastic crates that simply have held the stuff. You know that stuff that we all said that we would get to one day. Well, that day has come when the stuff is still here and Mm -hmm. it did not magically get organized or even miraculously disappear. And a large part of the stuff was conveniently Christmas stuff. <laughs> Homemade ornaments, electric window candles, door wreaths, etc. And that, that whole experience has more, had more of an effect on me than I could have imagined. For instance, one of those plastic bins had some liquid on the bottom of it. (coughs) You know those clear Christmas clothes? Shake violently. Then the snow comes down peacefully, I cracked under the enormous weight of something at some time. It was far from peaceful anymore, but the major was still there. Again, that had an. How on me. Now, if we are honest, many of us find this pre-Christmas time is more like a crushed than peaceful major scene. It is as if the prophet Zephaniah and the Apostle Paul, whose lessons were read earlier are just so, utterly disconnected from the real world when they use the word rejoice. We've also just heard a hymn right before the reading of the gospel that began with the word rejoice, rejoice. That too seems so disconnected from the real world. Or... Are the lessons and the music disconnected, or are they? That's a good question. Because here I, I like to step out on faith and preach that I really do not think that they are disconnected. They lead us in this time that can be for some more of a time of despair in a desert. They lead us through that desert of despair to a manger of hope. And if we stretch a little bit farther, they take us from a very vicious and full cross on good Friday. To a still and empty tomb on Easter Sunday. Now I can admit probably it's more appropriate in this context to confess as a priest that I would rather go to Christmas than linger in Advent, go to Easter and have to go through Lent. We can, however, rejoice now in this waiting time, this waiting time of Advent. Why? Because of the incarnation. God became carnal. God put on flesh, real flesh. We don't need to run to the end of that story. because We know the end of the story. God comes into the real world in real flesh. A pink candle, a liturgical reminder of Mary on this third Sunday of Advent visibly reminds us of this. The altar guild did not make a mistake. (laughs) That pink candle in the midst of the blue candles is an optical reminder that there is a transformation over to joy in this week, no matter the circumstances. (coughs) You see, the Virgin Mary is often depicted as the example of joy transforming circumstances. We tend to forget the scandal of her circumstances. She's an unmarried teenager who finds herself pregnant and says, that the father of this child is God. She's carrying the Son of God in her womb, as if anyone is going to believe that. It is scandalous. Yet Mary rejoices when God chose her to be the way he entered into the flesh Through childbirth into this real world in the manger. So when John the Baptist lays it out on the people with you brood of vipers, exclamation point, it works because of the integrity of what God already did in the flesh. The crowd is so affected by his words, they ask, what then shall we do? You know, John the Baptist is not some screaming preacher who simply likes to scream. He gives each and every one of them a specific solution. Now, I'm not preaching here about happiness because you might think that I am disconnected from the real world, a really, really broken world, because happiness is tied to circumstances. Joy transforms circumstances. So no matter what your circumstances, there is always joy, always, no matter what you're going through. Human despair does not surpass divine joy. There is a solution. The sacrificial love of God in sending his Son to be born in the flesh live in the flesh, die in the flesh, and then be raised in the flesh will ultimately overcome selfish humans who hate in the flesh. No matter what your circumstances, there is always joy that overcomes despair. And there is always divine love that will ultimately overcome human hate. oh all that fluffy snow, now and all, that danger still